Tonight, we're wrapping up our series, Built to Last. Up to this point, we've laid a foundation, we've framed up the walls, we've run power and light into our home, and tonight, I want to share with you one final element that's important to you and I in building a home to last, and that's having a home that's well-insulated. Now, how many of you really enjoy camping? We have a couple over here who are really excited about that. Some of us really enjoy camping, and I'm talking about really, I'm talking about real camping. I'm talking about camping in a tent. Yes, not camping in a cabin. Danae, my wife, she prefers to camp in a cabin. I tell her, Danae, listen, listen, camping in a cabin doesn't count. You have to actually do work. Pulling water out of the mini fridge or changing the channel on the remote, that doesn't count as real work. I'm talking about picking a place where you're going to pitch the tent and then driving the stakes in and then building a fire. That's real work. And I want you to know that I love it. And there's some things that are real fun about camping for me. There are s'mores. There is the fresh air. I love nature. But most importantly... I just love s'mores. And that's what I really, really love about camping. But I want you to know that there are also some frustrations that come with camping. And the first frustration is pitching your tent in the wrong place. Now, all of us who have ever pitched a tent, there's been that one time where you pitched your tent in the wrong place and you didn't realize until right around 11 o'clock that you'd done the wrong thing, that you'd put it in the wrong place. Because what ends up happening is you go into the tent right around 11 o'clock, you lay down, and all of a sudden, you realize that there's a rock poking you in the back. And you're stuck because your friend, your buddy that you went camping with, he went to sleep a little earlier, and he realized that there was a rock right in the middle of the tent, and he found the best spot, and you're stuck. You're stuck. You have to suffer through a rock in the back. But I want you to know that the worst frustration that I've ever had in terms of going camping is really bad weather. I'm talking about rainy, swampy, cold weather. And it's usually when I'm not prepared for that. Because what ends up happening is I listen to the weatherman, and he tells me, he says it's going to be 75 and breezy, and guess what? It ends up being 45 and freezing cold. And it's always in the middle of the night that you find that you're sleeping in a puddle and your face and your feet are frozen. But I want to tell you, there's a truth about tents. Yes, there's a truth about tents. And the truth about tents is that they're temporary. Now, while they're meant to keep you alive, they're not meant to be comfortable because they lack insulation. And while most of us would never dream of living in a tent, I would never dream of living in a tent, some of us, we find ourselves living in a tent when it comes to our marriage and our family. And I want to tell you tonight, this is what's in my spirit tonight, is that God is inviting us out. He says, come out of tent living and come into the well-built-to-last home that's well-insulated that I've ordained for you to experience. And so tonight, I wanna to share some thoughts with you that will be helpful. Now, I know very little about construction. 
In fact, I know nothing about construction. And I learned a couple things as I was preparing for tonight, specifically about insulation. Now, for those of you who have construction as your trade, what I'm about to tell you is not new information, but it's something that was new to me. And so I want to share it with you, and I want to talk about how these specific ways insulation works and how it applies to our marriage and our family. First of all, insulation works to keep the temperature stable. So insulation works together with your AC system. So if you run the AC, it helps to keep the temperature constant in your home. And so if you run the heat, it keeps the heat in. If you run the AC, it keeps the cool in. And the second way insulation helps is that if you are able to keep the temperature constant in your home, what ends up happening is that your home is more energy efficient. It makes your home more energy efficient and effective. And the third way that insulation works in your home is that it actually insulates us from outside influences like noise and insects and pollution. And just like insulation works in our home, the Holy Spirit also seeks to work within us. Just like insulation protects us from outside influences, the Holy Spirit insulates us from the outside influences. And I want to share this verse with you. Philippians 4, 7 tells us, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard or insulate our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Every day, we're faced with various influences that seek to come on the inside of who we are. Unkind words or actions by other people. Or maybe distractions. TV or social media or work. There's also other influences like the enemy who seeks to attack our mind and our heart and bring anxiety to our spirit. But in order for the Holy Spirit to protect us from the outside, the Holy Spirit has to be on the inside to make a difference. The Holy Spirit has to be on the inside to make a difference. 1 Corinthians 3.16, this is the other 3.16, says, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? We are God's temple, and he desires to dwell in us. And John, in, verse 14, in chapter, chapter 14, verse 17, he says this. He continues our understanding. He says, the spirit of truth lives with you and will be in you. And what I've learned in my own life sometimes is that sometimes I want God to be with me, but I don't want him to be in me. And I want you to know that in order for him to make an impact in your life, he has to be on the inside. In order for him to make an impact and insulate your heart, he has to be on the inside. He desires to be on the inside of, of our lives. And the third way the Holy Spirit helps us is that he actually, actually keeps us stable in every season. Now, I want you to know all of us experience seasons. We're always, we're, all of us are going to experience different seasons. Some are full of joy and sadness, success and disappointment, promotion and stagnation. And actually, Solomon tells us in the book of Ecclesiastes, he says, there's a season for everything. 
And so we know that we're going to experience seasons. And so if you find yourself in a less than ideal season, just know that all of us experience seasons. It's normal. But the Lord, through the Holy Spirit, seeks to keep us stable in every season. And I want to encourage your heart tonight with that. Allow him to be within you, and he will keep you stable. Now, I want to share with you just briefly the four seasons that we experience in our marriage and our family, spring, summer, fall, and winter. Now, if you happen to find yourself in a spring season, I want you to celebrate the season. I want you to enjoy the season that you're in. Celebrate it. Embrace it. Enjoy it. Because there's going to be other times in life when you're not going to have a spring season. And the reason and the way you know that you're in a spring season is it's full of new beginnings. You have a new job. You're a newlywed. And maybe you have a new baby in the home. And when you celebrate the season, you actually bring glory to God. Because this is what Matthew 5.16 says. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And when you celebrate the spring season that you're in, you're actually providing focus on who God is. You're allowing people to see that the Holy Spirit is working and living and breathing in your life. So celebrate the season if you're in a spring season. You can also invest in and upgrade your home. Invest in the marriage. Invest in the family. Say, I love you with your words. Say, I love you with your words. Show, I love you with your works. Show, I love you with what you do for your marriage and for your family. Because if you do this, you're actually storing up for later on, for more difficult times. Now, for those of us who are farmers you know you've got to set, you have to set some seed aside for the next season. You have to prepare in advance for the season that's up and coming. And so I want you to invest in that. And the way that looks like in our marriage and in our family is the love bank. Be willing to invest in the love bank of your children and of your spouse. And if you do, what you experience in the spring season will sustain you in the other seasons of life that are often more difficult. Now, if you find yourself in a summer season, you definitely know you're in a summer season. Now, I know we're in a summer season because every time I step outside, it's really, really hot. And so sometimes we find ourselves in a summer season in our relationship. There are hotbed issues. There are frustration. There is heated moments there's arguments and disagreements. There's outbursts and overwhelming moments. So how do we stay cool in a summer season? How do we keep things cool when everything is difficult, when there's friction in the marriage or in the family? Well, first we need to understand how insulation works. Now I told you, I don't know much about insulation, but I learned a couple things. Insulation has what's called an R value. And an R value determines how resistant to heat flow the insulation is. If it has a high R value, it's very resistant to heat flow. If it has a low R value, it's not very resistant to heat flow. And just like insulation has 
a resistance to heat flow. It has an R value. You and I, we have an R value as well. So I'm here to ask you, how are you? How resistant to heat flow are you in your marriage or in your family or maybe at work? If you have a high R value, you're going to be very resistant to the friction and the pain and the struggle that happens in relationships. But if you have a low R value, you're going to be very susceptible to heat flow in your marriage or family or job. So what should we do? Well, we need to resist the heat with the golden rule. Luke 7, 12 says, Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. Treat the loved ones in your life with respect instead of ridicule. Compliments instead of criticism. Admiration instead of anger. But before you could live out the golden rule in your family... If you find yourself with a low R value, I want to tell you that there's hope. You can actually increase your R value with the golden ratio. Yes. Now, I'm trained as a psychologist, a counselor, and while I was in graduate school, I learned about a guy by the name of John Gottman. He is a researcher in the area of marriage and family. He studied marriages for the last 30 years, and in our field... He is known as the foremost expert when it comes to relationships. And what he's discovered is that there is a golden ratio to relationships. And this is what he says. For every five, there needs to be five positives for every one negative. Five positives for every one negative. And here's what he says. It takes five positives to overcome one negative in a relationship. Five positive words or actions to overcome one negative word or action in a relationship. And so families and marriages find themselves in one of three categories. They're either struggling where they have no positives or very few positives for every negative. And that is where there's significant heat and friction in the relationship. Or they're surviving they're just surviving. Five to one is just to survive. It's the status quo. Things are not getting worse, but they're not really getting any better. But couples and families that really thrive, they really focus on this ratio. And some make it 10 to one or 20 to one. And so I want to encourage you tonight. If you find yourself with a low R value, this is how you can increase your heat flow, your resistance to heat flow in your relationship or in your marriage. Now, some of you may be saying, Pastor, guess what? You don't understand what's happening in my relationship. You just don't understand. I just can't seem to say nice things or do nice things. They do something, and it just makes me so frustrated. Well, here's the good news. The Bible says that he guards, he insulates our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And if you have somebody in your life who has a tendency to push your buttons, I want you in that moment to ask the Holy Spirit to be within you. Say, God, I need you. Holy Spirit, I need you within me. And if you find yourself and you're one, if, if you find yourself antagonizing other people, 
I want to invite you to invite the Holy Spirit in so that you can begin to lower the heat in your relationship and in your family. Now, the third season we often find ourselves in is the fall season. And this is when the weather is up and down. There are fluctuations. In the fall season, one day it's hot, the next day it's cold. One day it's windy, the next day the air is still. There are a lot of fluctuations in the fall season. And just like that happens in the fall season, when we're in a fall season, there are fluctuations in our relationship. One day things are great with your spouse, and the next day there's friction. One day you're talking with your teenage student, and the next day they give you the cold shoulder. And so how do we bring stability in the fall season of our life? What do we do? Well, we connect often. What often happens in the fall season is we connect and disconnect. We connect and we disconnect. We connect and we disconnect. And we have to choose to connect often. And one of the things that helps me is I have to turn towards my wife and I have to listen to her. I have to look and I have to listen. And that requires all of us to set aside distractions. The remote, the cell phone, social media. Choose to connect often and you will bring stability to your relationship with your kids or in your relationship with your spouse. The second thing that you can do in a fall season to bring stability in that relationship is calendar connect moments. Now, I think I'm much better now than I was at the very beginning. Uh, I wasn't really great at this. In fact, uh, the first year we were married, um, I asked Danae, I said, Danae, what do you want for your birthday? And she says, oh, nothing. <laughs> and I did. I did what any young adult would do. I didn't do anything. <laughs> so listen, young adults, I'm giving you a freebie. Don't do as I do, okay? This is one of those moments where I'm saying, don't do this, okay? This is a bad idea. But somewhere in the recesses of my brain, I realized, you know what? I probably made a mistake here, and it was probably right in the middle of the night that night before her birthday, and so I decided this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get up early. I'm going to run to Walmart, and I'm going to get her a gift and a card, and everything's going to be fine. Well, my wife sleeps very light, so I think she knew what was going on. Um, so she walks in the kitchen all surprised, and I said, hey, babe. And she says, hey. I say, happy birthday. And she says, happy, well, thank you. And I say, I've got you a present. And so she comes she opens up the bag, the gift bag, and she pulls out the card. She reads the card. She's like, oh, this is wonderful. And I say, look in the bag, look in the bag, look in the bag. Well, she opened the bag, and I had bought her a CD for her birthday. <laughs> and at that moment, I realized that I'd made a fatal mistake. I made a terrible mistake. She started to cry. And so she's crying and crying and crying and crying, and I'm, I'm freaking out. I'm like, man, I've really messed this up. I'm going to be sleeping on the couch for a month. This is going to be terrible. And so I say, no, no, no. Hey, guess what? I've got more surprises for you when you get home. 
I have more surprises. It's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. So I, I talk to my boss and I say, it's, you know, it's a birthday and, uh, you know, I just need, you know, 20 minutes. I need to just run the store, grab some things, all that kind of stuff. So I get home. I'm very excited. And I've bought her some gifts. And so she walks in the house and she says, hey, and I say, happy birthday again. And I said, I got you a surprise. And she says, well, what is it? And I say, well, it's right there on the counter. Go take a look. And so right there on the counter, there were three Walmart bags. <laughs> it was real low brow, guys, okay? It was real low brow. And so she opens the bag, and right when she does that, I say, hey, guess what? We're going to have a birthday dinner, and it's going to be great. Well, I wasn't so bright at that point because I forgot that I don't know how to cook at all. And so the gift I gave my wife for her birthday was the privilege of cooking her own birthday dinner. And uh, can I tell you, it went from a spring moment very quickly to a summer and fall moment in my experience because I didn't calendar it. I didn't prioritize it. And I want you to know this is, the, this is the point here. Connect often, but also make it a priority. Put it on the calendar. Some of us are real spontaneous and we love spontaneity in our relationship, but plan spontaneity. Plan it. Calendar those moments when you can connect and it will provide stability in your relationship and in your family. Now, the final season we often find ourselves is in a winter season. And this is a cold season. It's chilly. It's freezing cold. Everything is frozen. And sometimes we find ourselves in a frozen moment in our relationships with our family and our spouse. There are frozen feelings. There are frostbitten hearts. Love and warmth have left our home. And we find ourselves relating with the words of John in Revelation 2. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Sometimes we find ourselves in a winter season and the love has gone and we're struggling and our hearts have grown cold. But fortunately, the Holy Spirit whispered a solution in the mind and heart of the Apostle John, and he decided to write it in verse 5. And this is what he says. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. So if you're in a winter season, the first step that you need to do is seek God first. It says, turn back to me. And I want you to know that this step is the most important step you can have, regardless of whatever season you find yourself in. Seek him first. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. And so if you find yourself in a winter season of your heart and your heart is cold towards your spouse or your children, allow him to insulate your heart. When people experience frostbite, they wrap a blanket around them. They bring warmth to them so that they can live. And the Holy Spirit, he's here tonight. He wants to guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus.
let him warm your heart. And if your spouse's heart is cold, allow him to warm you first. If your children's heart, hearts are cold, allow him to warm your heart first. Because the heat that he provides to your heart and spirit is contagious and it'll make an impact in other people's life. And then the second thing that we do when we're in a winter season is we repeat what we did at first. We repeat what we did at first. So if you're married, there was a moment in your relationship when you fell in love. The Bible says, be willing to do again the things that caused them to fall in love with you. There were things that you did that made them fall in love with you. And the things that won their heart then will be the things that warm their heart now. So do it again. Send a love note again. Send a kind text message again. Choose to connect again. And to the husbands, get her flowers or take her on a date again. And for the parents out there, maybe you're disconnected from your children. There's some things that we did when our kids were very, very small. We talked to them and we loved on them and we told them how important they were. And sometimes they get older and they get more challenging to deal with. But do those things, do those things again. Tell them that you love them. Tell them that they are important to you. Embrace them again. Spend time with them again. And if you're willing to do that, what you'll discover is their hearts will begin to warm. So I want you to know, God is here tonight. And some of us have found ourselves in a summer, a fall or winter experience. I don't know what, you're, what season you are in right now, but God does. And he's saying, will you allow me to be within you like insulation? Will you allow me to guard your hearts and minds? And so I want to ask you, and you're more than welcome to come to the, to the front or stay in the seats, but if you are here with your spouse and you find yourself in a season other than the spring season, I want you to grab them by the hand. And if you're sitting next to one of your children, be willing to wrap arms with them because we're going to pray that God will bring about something new in your relationship with them. If we are willing to seek God first and do what we did at first, here's God's promise. And we see it in Song of Solomon 2, verses 11 and 12. It says us, For behold, winter is past. The rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth. The time of singing has come. And the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. I want you to experience God's spring season for you. And so I want you to bow your heads and bow your hearts. God, we're here. We need you within us. We need you to be like insulation to our hearts and minds. Some of us 
are here tonight and we're in a summer experience where things are difficult. There's friction, there's animosity, there are arguments, there are yelling matches. And God, you want us to experience the spring season. Give us the capacity through your spirit to speak your heart, to appreciate, to share compliments, to speak life into our loved ones. And God, some of us are find ourselves in a fall season where things are fluctuating and there are challenges. Some days are great and others are not. Bring stability. Reconnect us once again. And God, for those of us who find ourselves in a winter season, help us, Lord, seek you first. Help us seek you first. Awaken hearts, awaken minds, warm hearts and minds. Help them realize that you have, a, you have something great for them. You have a well-insulated home that they can experience. Holy Spirit, do an inner work within us. All of us, Lord, we are desperate for you. We need you on the inside. You want to make an impact on the inside of who we are. And for those who are in the winter season, God, my heart goes out to them. Lord, bring warmth and love back into their experience. Bring back connection and love. Let them remember what it was to love again. Give them the courage. Empower them through your spirit. You came to give us life, an abundant life. And Lord, I just pray for these people tonight that they have heard your heart. Let this land within their spirit, Lord. And as they find themselves in seasons of their life where they're struggling, God, that you will bring it to their remembrance. That they will remember you are always the solution to every season we encounter. You are the solution to every season. God, hear our hearts cry. We entrust this. We entrust our marriages. We entrust our families. We entrust our lives to you. In the mighty name of Jesus, and all God's people said, Amen. 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 Amen.